Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Yes, it is. Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. Guests on the Goodyear Hotline, and we're just jam-packed today. There's so much going on. Trying to get to the bottom of all things. Devin's initials. I don't know what's happening. We're just, it's just, I can't keep up with everything that's happening in here today. We got breaking news on Tim Tebow. We got breaking news on Joel Embiid. We got all kinds of football stuff to get to. We got baseball pitchers taking themselves out of their spots. And I can't keep up with everything that's happening here. But I have to begin with two questions of the day. You ask these questions. Greeny's question of the day. The first question of the day is this. Which is worse? If someone asks you what you want for lunch and ignores it or doesn't ask you. So what I'm saying is, this is along the lines of the conversation we were just having. Adam Silver says he has talked to LeBron James about the play-in tournament, which we know that LeBron voiced some frustration about, and that he's open to tinkering with it. All well and good. The danger of that, and again, I think Adam is a very open-minded person, and that is one of the keys to his success. The danger of it, however, is anytime you ask someone for input on something and then you don't follow up on one they wanted, a la Aaron Rodgers or whatever the case may be, Maybe you've done more harm than good by not asking the question in the first place. So let me ask you this, Hembo. Let's just say for the sake of argument, I say to you, I'm going to get lunch for everybody today. Okay. All right. You're, you're going to be in on this lunch. Right. Would you prefer if I just said to you, and we're having turkey sandwiches, or if I said to you, what would you like for lunch? And you said, I'll have a burger and I got turkey sandwiches. Which of those, assuming you didn't want the turkey sandwich in the first place, mm. which of those two would you prefer? I would prefer to be told what you're getting so I know that I have to make alternate plans. That's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Or, or, or at least I know that this is the way it's going to go. Like, if it isn't up to me, don't ask me. Do you know what I mean? Like, does that make sense? Is that, is that, is that the wrong way to look at life, though? Like, if you're not asking me, like every now and again, you know who's very good at this? My wife is very good at this. How so? My wife is very good at asking me, what I want to do for dinner tonight, and then subsequently make whatever it is she wants to do for dinner tonight is what we're doing. <laughs> but she has a, a way of massaging it so that eventually it seems like it was my idea. Of getting you there. You know what I'm saying? Like, she kind of gets me to that place. But, you know, what the hell? I'm easy. But the larger point is, don't ask me my opinion on something if you don't intend to follow through on my giving it to you, because there's a part of me that's going to feel like, well, why did you ask me in the first place? Does mm-hmm. that make sense? It does. Yeah, it feels like you wasted your time. You're patronizing. You only, have, you only ask if you're willing to at least take it into consideration. I agree. Bubba, which side of that do you sit on? Would you rather I asked your opinion on something uh, and didn't necessarily follow up on it, or would you rather I just didn't ask you in the first place? No, I, I'd rather... Just you make the decision, yeah. Yeah, so I think that's the way it goes. All right, so we've uh, we have gotten into that. So that's the first question of the day. Here's the really important one. You ask these questions. Greeny's question of the day. Is Tim Tebow the greatest college quarterback of all time? Tim Tebow, in case you're just joining us, announced today that, well, the, the Jaguars released him today, and then he went on Twitter and had a bunch of very nice things to say about them and all of that. And I, I opened the show with that today, and I did an entire lengthy um, monologue, if you will, about my feelings about him and the way people will react to this. I'm not going over that again. It'll be on the podcast or on ESPN+. Plus. If you want to watch it, it's literally right off the top of the show. In the meantime, what Tim Tebow is, is one of the great college players ever. One of the great legends and players in the history of college football. 
So who did you say first posted that question? Because I hadn't really thought of doing it here, but you saw it somewhere on Twitter. On one of the Pro Football Focus accounts, they just asked the question, is Tim Tebow the greatest quarterback in the history of college football? And so this, this order, that, what, what is it you typed up on my screen here? I can't follow So it. 2020 was the 150th anniversary of college football. And before that season, ESPN internally, we did our own like top 150 with a bunch of experts and whatnot. And the list that I put here are the top 15 quarterbacks on that list. What's in sur- order or not in order? In order. In order. And what surprised me was how low Tim Tebow was ranked on that list. Tebow is 14th. He's the 14th ranked quarterback on that list, and they ranked him as the 76th best player in college football history. I'm only 31 years old, but that seems awfully low to me. Well, let me run through some of the names that are above him on this list. Number one is Roger Staubach, the greatest college quarterback of all time. Roger the Dodger won the Heisman at Navy and, and obviously went on to the Hall of Fame career. Peyton Manning is two. Now, Tim Tebow won a Heisman, and two national championships. Mm-hmm. Peyton didn't win either of those things. No, he did not. I mean, that's interesting to me. Me too. Number three, they list Davey O'Brien, which is way before my time. When did Davey O'Brien play? It's way, way, way before my time. That was yeah, TCU in the 30s. In the 30s. But the Paul, award's named after him. He right. was, he was of, of course. <laughs> Paul Horning is fourth. He became an NFL running back. Doug Flutie is fifth. So they're naming Flutie as a greater college quarterback than Tebow. That's interesting to me. I'm, I'm not expert enough in this. I don't have Flutie's numbers in front of me. I obviously remember his entire career. Flutie was a terrific player, won the Heisman, and had um, one of the indelible moments in the history of the sport, as Tim did. I mean, Tim has that moment that when he got up there after they lost that game yeah. and he said, no team will ever work harder, try harder, whatever it was he said. You know, that will always be remembered. And Flutie will always be remembered for the touchdown pass. To was it Gerard Phelan? Is that the guy's his first his last name is Phelan? Anyway, you know the play I'm talking about. Next, they have Sammy Baugh, John Elway, Johnny Lujak, Jim Plunkett, Archie Manning, Andrew Luck, Dan Marino, and Bobby Lane, all ahead of Tim Tebow. Hmm. Now, what I don't know is I don't know all the criteria they used for all this. I'm not going to sit here and try and argue that I think Tim Tebow is a greater college quarterback than most of these people who I never saw play in my entire lives. I don't know how much their pro careers impacted them. I mean, Dan Marino was a great quarterback. Of, of that, there is no question. And he was great at Pittsburgh. But he was the sixth quarterback taken in his own draft. And, and the year that Dan Marino was drafted, 1983, I mean, it was obviously a ridiculously bad decision on a lot of people's parts, including the Jets. But Dan Marino was the sixth of six quarterbacks taken the year that he came out. None of the others are ahead of him on this list. <laughs> and, and, and somehow he manages to be behind all these other guys. So I'm a little confused by that. So I'm, I'm not going to... Does anyone want to dive in heavy on that? I, I mean, I really don't. I, is Tim Tebow the greatest college football quarterback ever? I, w- I agree with you. I would have thought he would have been much higher than 14th on the all-time list. Would you say he's the greatest that you at least ever watched Well, since, since you've been see, watching? See, it really kind of depends how you're defining greatest. Because when you watched him, like, no, I didn't find myself thinking that. Now, Andrew Luck didn't accomplish nearly as mm. much on the college level, you could argue, as Tim did. But if you're asking me which one of those two guys did I think was a better player in college, I would put Vince Young huh. ahead of him on the college level. Where, so where do you weigh between like the, the greatest or the most accomplished? Well, that's, obviously, the, that's the hard part. Like Dan Marino was a, was a better quarterback, but he wasn't nearly as accomplished as Tim Tebow was. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking of other names in my lifetime that have been really good, like 
Did we say Johnny Manziel's name? Was he on here at all? I mean, Johnny Manziel was really good in college. Do you think uh, Baker Mayfield belongs on His name list? wasn't on this list. I thought Manziel was better than Mayfield on the college level exclusively. Hmm. Is that wrong? He didn't make the top 150. That's the way I viewed them. I, I, you know, and obviously he, he whatever, he's, he's had whatever he's had ever since. And it's just an interesting thought. You know, Tim, that's not the most important thing to say about Tim today, but I thought it was an interesting question you asked me, and I thought I would share it here, if only briefly. I am Greeny, and we are presented by Progressive Insurance. At Progressive, they're making things even easier. They'll help you bundle your home and car insurance together so you can save on both. Learn more at Progressive.com or 1-800-PROGRESSIVE. In other news, more than 20 sharks were spotted Sunday at Davis Park on Fire Island right off the coast of Long Island. The pack of sharks were seen by lifeguards on the East Coast at around 2 p.m. when swimmers were called out of the waters on the warm summer day. The sharks were following a huge school of some bait fish that congregates near shore, attracting sharks, striped bass, rays, and humpback whales. 2020, by the way, was the deadliest year for shark attacks since 2013, with 10 unprovoked bites resulting in deaths. How many? 10. In June, professional shark tigers, whatever. The point of it is this. If you're swimming in the ocean, you're a lunatic. I don't know what other way to put it. Humpback whales? Can you imagine going for a dip and you're swimming and someone says, oh, look, there's a humpback whale swimming by you. Shark attacks. <laughs> Unprovoked. How are people provoking shark attacks? Instead of, let me put it this way. If you provoke a shark attack, my level of sympathy for you diminishes. <laughs> I'm a lot less sorry for whatever happens to you. How do you even do that? I mean, do you look at a shark and go, nah, 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 nah? How does one provoke a shark exactly? Maybe you make yourself bleed a little bit so that the shark is more attractive Well, to you. then, see, this is what I mean. If you're making yourself bleed, then you obviously deserve whatever happens to you. I'll say it. I've said it before, and I'll say it again. In the entire organized history of human civilization, and I've done the research, no one's ever been eaten by a shark at a swimming pool. Swim there. That's where we belong. We belong in swimming pools. We belong in, in bodies of water that we ourselves create and regulate. You don't need to be in there with all these animals and all the other hazari in there. I, I don't like one bit of it. Would you rather be in a bedroom with a closed door with a uh, thousand-pound horse like you described earlier <laughs> or take your chances <laughs> against the shark that on was, the beach? That was a funny story. I don't want a horse in my house. I'll tell you that right now. I, I'm not a big fan... I'm not that close to animals. Like a lot of people have a, a, a very close relationship with animals. I'm in very, I'm very supportive of, of, of taking good care of animals. I don't, don't get me wrong. I, I'm adamantly opposed to any cruelty towards animals. But there are people who, for whom their relationship with animals is weird to me. Like, like, like it's just, it's an important on a level that I don't comprehend. Like, I love my animal. I've got a dog. I love the dog. Her name is Phoebe, and, and she's, I, I think if you argued she's my favorite living being I've ever met, you wouldn't get a lot of fight out of me on that. But that's just one. But other people are like, you know, you're driving by a place and there's go, oh, look at the horses. I, I need to go. Oh, can we go and, and be near the horse? Just be with, be among the horses. The hell do I want to be among the horses? Just go for? steal it. No, well, Just I mean, steal I'm one. not stealing one. I, and if I'm not betting on one, I'm not that interested in its life. <laughs> like, if it's wearing like the number three on its back and it's running around a track and I've got like, you know, $50 on it to show, now I'm a little more interested. But outside of that, I don't really need to get up close and personal with the horse and find out what's going on in his mind. And I just, I don't understand fully people who have that. But to circle back to the primary point of the story here, and that's long since been lost. There's a lot of sharks out there. 
If you're swimming out there on Fire Island, I'm telling you, you're, make, you're taking your life in your own hands, and I say it's a mistake. Coming up next, history says I need to do something else I swore I would never do again. Don't miss what it is right after this on ESPN Radio. Greeny, the podcast. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had, happened in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Greeny today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Greeny, G-R-E-E-N-Y. All right, it's a day filled with tons of breaking news. First, we had the contract extension for Joel Embiid. Then we had the release of Tim Tebow in Jacksonville. And now, just minutes ago, Woj tweeting that the NBA is unveiling their Christmas Day games. So you ready for the Christmas Day lineup? Here's what we got. Hit me. Uh, and, and let me particularly bring Nuno into this. Nuno, are you ready for Trey Young and the Hawks returning to the Garden to play the Knicks on Christmas Day? Let's do it, especially since the Giants season will probably be over by then. <laughs> <laughs> well, as you are basking in the glow of your Yankee World Series parade and, uh, and, and, and perhaps suffering through, actually, I think you're selling the Giants a little short, but that's neither here nor there. You will get the return of Trey Young after his virtuoso performance at the Garden in the playoffs last year. We will also get the matchup we wanted. Mm. Maybe the most predictable thing would be that on Christmas Day, we would get the Brooklyn Nets and the Los Angeles Lakers. Uh, all right, over under though. Let's do this. Hembo, get on it. Okay. How many of those top six guys will not be playing? How no, many, let's how, do the number of how many will. How many? The, the over under play. on how many will play in that game. What is the number? Let, let, so let, let's. What mm. is the number of of the top six at, around the horn? The game, by the way, is at Staples, so it'll be in L.A. So Nets at Lakers on Christmas Day. It's an excellent question of the big six. How many will play Hembo? Well, do we know if the Nets are, do they work on holidays? Uh, <laughs> I don't I'm going to say so. four and a half. I'd set the over-under at four and a half. Setting the over-under at four and a half. Nuno, you go over or under? I'm going under. I think it's a three and a half. Three and a half. <laughs> Can you believe this is the first thing we have to say? Though? Bubba. Uh, I, I, I'm going to take the over. I, I gotta, I'm just going to go with it. DK. I'm going with Nuno, three and a half. What did he say? 
What word did he say? Going with who? Nuno. Going with Nuno. Three and so a half. No, so, but once again, we're establishing a how many will play, not an over-under. All three. I asked the question, how many of them will play? And you're giving me over-unders. They're not playing three and a half. Unless you think that Kevin Durant is only going to play the first half, then the number is not three and a half. Hmm. Now, I wouldn't put it past some of these guys to only play the first half. Yeah, James Harden may have other well things happen. to do. It depends if there's a little baby show that night. Maybe James can stop by. He's only got time for the first and second quarters. Or actually, there's a little baby baby show in Paris the night before. He's going to make it at halftime. He's going to come on the jet. That's he'll better. come and he'll play the second half of that game. But but so how many? Give me a number for crying out loud. I'll say four. Four of them. Uh, Nuno, four, higher or lower? I will say four. Four equal, so neither higher nor lower. I'm having a very tough time getting answers on this. You're asking bad questions. You're asking bad questions. It's a good How many of them will play is a good question. <laughs> I'm not asking for an over-under. Everything is not a wager for crying out loud. Bubba, how many of the big six players are going to play on Christmas Day? Ooh, that's a tough one. Now you're looking for... A figure, a number. I, it, the options are one, two, three, four, five, or six. Or zero. I suppose zero is also an option. It would be, that would be a tough one. All right, I'm going to go with five. Okay. Wow. And Devin, what five. do you think? I'll go four. I'll go four. You want me want to hear a surprise? Tell me. I think they're all going to play. No way. I think the they're league all going to play. The league will play. give them the week off leading up into that game. <laughs> That's right. I wouldn't, I wouldn't buy tickets to any game the week before or after, but, but I think that they will all clear their calendar for the Christmas Day game. I think they'll all manage. The, the only question will be, is Anthony Davis still standing upright when we get there? Like, is Anthony Davis healthy enough to play? Like, Kyrie will clear his schedule. Like, all the stuff he has to take care of, he'll do that in early December. And they've all got big New Year's plans, so they got a lot of stuff happening the following week. But they'll manage to play. I think if they're all healthy, I actually think they'll play that game. Yeah, it is uh, terrible that we are actually having that conversation (laughs) when it comes to that game. But I I, I make no apologies for it because I think it is the first thought that everybody has. Meanwhile, quickly, mine is that sort of rare genius that will not be fully appreciated until long Long after after its time. time. A genius, you said? You're a genius. He's a genius, eh? We're not going to appreciate your brilliance until you're gone. I face a conundrum. A conundrum. So I've promised myself I would never bet against Nick Saban again. I will never bet against Nick Saban again. So, Bubba, now I have a conundrum. The preseason Associated Press college football poll was released yesterday, and long before it was released, we all could have said Alabama is going to be ranked number one. Sure. But did you know, did you know, that only twice since 2000, so only twice in this millennium, has the preseason number one team won the national title? And only once since 2004. So my question, Bubba, is which of those outweighs the other if I'm contemplating how to play this? Do I bet on Saban because I've sworn to myself I will never bet against him again? Or do I bet on history, which suggests it is almost never the case that the preseason number one team wins the championship? Which way do we go? Bubba. Wow, yeah, that's interesting. But I think the answer is clear. Just like we've said many times, you can't bet against Tom Brady. You just can't do it anymore. You just can't. You can't bet against Nick Saban. It just doesn't make any sense. You're okay. just going to lose. So mm-hmm. don't bother. Don't forget the number one, all that stuff. Just don't bet against Nick Saban. So, see, He's I the think greatest. He is the greatest. No, I'm with you on that. And, and, and so my inclination is to agree. 
But then I turn to my left, and Hembo is Mr. Analytics, and, and you're the one who actually first gave me the phrase that I've used a trillion times on the air, which is people don't generally get rich betting on things that never happen. And, and so that is the fear. On, a team is going to go coast to coast, be the number one team in the country. We're not in the 12-team playoff yet, mm-hmm. so one loss knocks you out of this thing. History says it's not them. If you had to bet... That palatial estate on Lake Hapatkong. How do you pronounce that word? Hapatkong? Hapatkong. I see you all the time. Yeah, it's with the, the largest lake in New Jersey. The, on, on the largest lake in New Jersey. <laughs> you say that as though it's information absolutely everyone has. Like you wanted to know that. Yes, uh, thank you. Thank you for filling me in. You know, I woke up this morning thinking to myself, I wonder what is the largest lake in New Jersey. I'm glad I know that. But one way or another. No sharks, by the way. If you had to bet your palatial estate on that lake in New Jersey... Are you betting on Saban or against Saban? I would bet against Saban based upon the history that you just outlined and based upon the fact that there are some other real competitors this year and they've lost so much. They lost so much to the draft. But don't they always? Yeah, but not, like this is we're talking about the Heisman winner, the Heisman uh, the, thir- the third place in Mac Jones, Najee Harris, the whole I think it's going to be a lot to, you know, it's a, it's a lot to lose plus the history is working against them. They've only re- they've Here's only the repeated once. Here's the thing. I'll go against them. They've only repeated once. Here's the thing. <laughs> 2 years ago, mm-hmm. Jerry Judy and Henry Ruggs were both drafted in the first, what, 10, 12 picks, something like that, yeah, in the that, NFL draft? First half of the first, yeah, first round. And the following year, their receivers got better. The following year, their receivers were better. They gave way to Jalen Waddle and Devontae Smith. They got better. So there are two guys right now at Alabama better. I don't know who they are, but they got guys better. That's the thing Saban has. He's always got better. Saban is constantly coming out with the new and improved. You know, the product that is new and improved, Saban is always going to be new and improved. Mm. Uh, In this one case, in this one case, I will go against history and I will bet on Saban. Greeny, the podcast. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Greeny with you here, as always, live from above the Heineken River Deck at Pier 17. This is one of my favorite times of the year as we sort of work our way into the football season. It's a weird year for me in a lot of ways. Um... Because in three weeks or so, Stacey and I are going to be empty nesters. And, and so I'm hopeful that that will mean, well, A, I, I'm, going to tra- I'm going to travel to see my kids at college as often as they will allow me. So we'll see. You know, you don't want your parents around all the time. 
But if I do make my way out to Northwestern a lot this year, maybe I'll get to see Tom Waddle a lot, which would be a lot of fun. Tommy, of course, a terrific former Bears player and now forever has been hosting afternoons on ESPN 1000 in Chicago. And that's where our uh, tour of training camp starts this morning. Hello again, Tom Waddle. Hey, Mike. How are you, buddy? I'm, a, I'm one child away and one year away from being an empty nester as well, and I'm not sure I'm ready for it. No, I'm definitely not ready. I mean, are you ready to pick up the pieces for me? I'll come to town, hang out with you and Sylvie in that yeah. studio, and we'll just sit there and I'm, we'll just cry on each other. Yeah, or or we'll celebrate what we're seeing from our favorite football teams here in town, the Northwestern Wildcats and our Chicago Bears. Okay, I'm all in on that. So that is a that's okay. why you're so good at this broadcasting because that's a great segue directly, <laughs> obviously, where we're going. So everyone I know is losing their minds about Justin Fields' performance on yeah. Saturday. How about you? Well, first of all, the question isn't will Justin be great. It's Will he be the greatest quarterback of all time, and where will we place the statue? So, uh, yes, we we are a very excited group here in town, and and you, as you and I have discussed over the course of many many years, we've been wandering in the quarterback desert for decades, and here's hoping that uh, we're finally finding our way out with Justin Fields' uh, addition to this roster. So, yeah, I think everyone's excited, and I think for good reason. I do too. That doesn't necessarily mean that Fields should be the starter week one. It doesn't mean he shouldn't, but it doesn't mean that he should. At this stage, seeing what we've seen and and being where we are, what do you think? Well, I think Matt Nagy's been really clear about this and that it's Andy Dalton's job. And there's, you know, Sylvie on our show a couple of weeks back asked him specifically, is there anything when we get to camp that Justin Fields can do to change your mind about him being the starting quarterback? And Matt said, no. So they've got a plan in place. And, Look, I, I said it then, I've said it since, and I'll say it to you now. I just think that that approach is a bad and it's an unnecessary approach to to guarantee Andy Dalton the starting job when he signed as a free agent in March. I think you save those guarantees for superstar free agents and incumbents who have had success in the program, and I don't believe Andy is either of those. And it's not about banging on Andy Dalton Greeny, because he's he's had a nice career and he's a good placeholder. But personally, I would not have guaranteed him anything, and I would have been a, an advocate of this being an open competition. And even if it wasn't a so-called uh, open competition, and the coaches felt that they were going to start Andy all along, I just I thought it sent a bad message. I really did. And one way or another, it it's one thing to say it's this guy's job. It's another thing to say there's nothing that can happen that will change that. I agree with you. Right. right? Is, is it beginning to change, though? Like, we played some of the sound bites from Nagy on, on Get Up this morning, and he sounds – I think I might have it here, actually. I do. I mean, let's play it for, for anyone who hasn't had a chance to hear it because he sounds like a person whose approach might be changing at least a little bit. Let me play this for anyone who hasn't heard it. Well, Andy had six plays, and, yeah, there's, it's hard to – it's hard to – say much good or bad about that with the six plays. So we're going to get him some more snaps uh, this coming preseason game. And then with Justin, I go back to what I said too. Like we want to be able to see live plays, live situations. We got that. So the only thing he can do is to continue doing that. And then we got to make sure that that plan allows us to evaluate how well he does knowing those circumstances. Ultimately, in the end, whatever is best for the Chicago Bears is is in the end what we're going to do. So so that last part is what I seized on, Tommy, that that ultimately whatever's in the best interest of the Bears is what we're going to do isn't the same thing as saying there's no way this kid is the starter. Yeah, I, I kind of read this differently. I think that when, at the start of the soundbite, you hear him talk about six plays. Andy 
got in the game against the Dolphins on Saturday. Uh, we need to get him more. Look, Andy Dalton's a new face here as much as, as Justin Fields is. Mm-hmm. Andy Dalton has not been the incumbent here. They signed him in March. So, you know, he needs to get out there and, and, and get reps with Allen Robinson and Darnell Mooney and behind this. I mean, he needs more playing time as well. I, I, don't, I don't read that, that soundbite from Matt Nagy as him waffling or being open to changing his perspective. I fully expect, barring an injury, which no one wants to see, that Andy Dalton's going to be your starting quarterback. And I, I'm also one that believes, you know, that sooner rather than later you'll see Justin Fields. I mean, if you look at the schedule to me, I don't look at the Bears as a 2021 Super Bowl contender. I just I, There's too many holes on this team. And I, I think they go to, to the Rams in week one Sunday night against the number one defense in the league. I would say that's a loss. You come home for the home opener against the Bengals. I think they find a way to beat an improving Bengals team. You go to Cleveland the next week to play a Cleveland team that won a playoff game last year and I think it's going to be a very good defensive team. I think the offense will sputter for the, the majority of those first three weeks. And what a perfect time to turn things over to, to Justin Fields week four at home against the Detroit Lions team that you've had their number for, for years. So to me, that's, that's the prediction. If they change their mind and they decide to, to, to start Justin Fields, I'm all for it. I'm not going to get bent out of shape, though, if you don't see him until week four. I, I just want 2021 for me, Greeny, is about the Chicago Bears developing Justin Fields. Is it, if it's 17 games, great. If it's 14 games, fantastic. At the end of the year, I feel pretty strongly that we're going to know that Justin is our guy under center for the next decade, and that's what I'm most concerned about. Tommy Waddle on the Goodyear hotline helping you discover the road ahead. Goodyear more driven. I completely agree. You don't draft a quarterback number one. You don't trade up the way they did because you're worried about 14 games or 17 games. You want 14 or 17 years. Uh, And whatever is in the best interest of that is the right thing to do. So generally speaking, I agree with that. Let me quickly, while I have you go around the league a little bit, uh, I'm not sure if you had a chance to see any of Zach Wilson, my new quarterback, because we're excited (laughs) over here as well. But let me ask you this this question, I guess, if I give you two options. When you saw his arm, does he have A, the best arm in the league, B, the best arm in league history, or C, the best arm there's ever going to be? Which of those do you think is the right choice? Or D, where is the monument going to be placed after <laughs> right. his long and, right. and storied career? I mean, we have the same conversations daily here about Justin Fields. Look, I did see some of the highlights. I didn't see the game uh, uh, live. But, look, he, he looks confident in the pocket. He does, you know, have the ability to, to throw the ball into tight windows. Um, I hope he has enough around him that he doesn't get banged up early in his career and it, and it, it slows his development. But, yeah, I, I, I like what I saw from him. I liked what I saw from all of the rookie quarterbacks. I think it's going to be a really fun year for football fans to sit back and watch some of these young guns and see how they develop with their respective teams. I agree. I'm going to check in on another one of those in a minute. Mike Reese is on hold. We're going to go to New England and see what the latest is there. But I did want to very quickly ask you um, your take on, on where you think this is going to go with Aaron Rodgers. Anyone who knows anything about Chicago sports knows you know your rival as well as you know yourself, the Rodgers drama of the summer. What do you think their season will be, and do you think there's any conceivable chance he's their quarterback next year? Uh, first, I think that their season in 2021 will look like their seasons in 2020 and 2019 where they're the elite team in the NFC North. Um, I, I think you make a great case for them getting back to the NFC title game. I don't believe that you'll see any drop-off in the play 
of Aaron Rodgers. I felt all along, Greeny, that his only choice was to come back to Green Bay for this season, and then they would do whatever it would take to create an environment where they could move on from him next year, where it's less penal to the team, and it's something that Aaron would be more acceptable, um, you know, contemplating. I don't think it's likely that he'll be back next year, but the game changes in very strange ways and, and, and very quickly. So I wouldn't completely rule it out, but my guess would be that Aaron Rodgers is playing for somebody else in 2022. All right. I, I, I think the most people agree with that. And Tommy- that's good news to Bears fans. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> After, between Favre and, and Rodgers, it's been a long time coming. We'll see uh, what this kid Jordan Love turns out to be. Tommy, best to everybody over there, and I hope I'll see you in a couple of weeks. We look forward to it. Thanks, Granny. Be well. That's Tom Waddle. Again, you hear him in Chicago every afternoon. You already know this on ESPN 1000. Meanwhile, he mentioned it's a really interesting time for rookie quarterbacks. Let me bring in another of my absolute favorites. Mike Reese covers the Patriots for us at ESPN and has done a great job with that for years. And that quarterback battle, to me, it might in the big picture be the most interesting because I think it's the most multi-layered. You know, you've got the Cam Newton of it all, which is to say he's 32 years old. He's something of a legend and we really could be seeing the very end of his career, at least as a starter, right before our eyes right now. You have Mac Jones, who's going to be the future, and does he really kind of become the guy who takes the mantle from Brady? And if so, where does he take it? Let's get as many answers as we can as Mike Reese jumps in with us. Hello again, Mike Reese. Greeny, great to be with you. I'm out here on the practice fields in Philadelphia. You might hear the sound of the jugs machine behind me. Uh, they just finished up after in about an hour and 20 minutes, and I would say... No real separation, you know, between the two quarterbacks, Cam and Mac. So it sort of, to me, sets up a big sort of Thursday night to see if during the game between the two teams, one of them might be able to make a move. Yeah, to be clear, for those of you who are wondering, he said Philadelphia, they're having joint practices. So the Eagles and Patriots are working together this week. And I've, Mike, I know you've heard this as well. Coaches frequently will say they get a lot more out of the work they do during these practices than they do the games themselves. So if you had to sort of... I, I, don't, I, I hate to ask you this because it's, 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 it's almost an unfair question. But if you had to kind of handicap where we are right now with that race between Cam and Mac, how would you do it? So, Greeny, you can ask me anything. I love mm. it. Um, I would say that Mac is coming on strong. And when the, the Patriots drafted him, Bill Belichick was pretty decisive in saying, Cam's our quarterback. Um, whatever time that Mac might be able to challenge and compete, we'll see how that goes. And I would say that Mac is challenging and competing, and he's making this potentially a harder decision for Bill Belichick than Bill might have anticipated at the time they drafted him. Greeny, like, I'll take you right out onto the practice field today. One of the final snaps for Mac Jones, they're doing red zone drill. It's play action. He, uh, you know, flared it off to the right flat to the tight end, Devin Asiasi, for a touchdown. It was really well done. Mac was fired up. He pumped his fist. And then he points back to Cam, and the two jump in the air in sort of celebration together. So, I mean, it's dialed up, the competition. I would say it's also a friendly competition in that they're both pushing each other um, in that sort of context. That's nice, and and I'm glad to hear that. And look, Cam, from all accounts, and you're much closer to it, in fact, yours is one of the accounts I'm talking about, has been nothing but the consummate professional and teammate from the moment he got to Foxborough last year, which is terrific. But I really do find myself wondering what his future is. At some point, this becomes Mac Jones' team. They didn't draft him 15th overall, you know, to sit forever. So at some point, it becomes his team. And, and what is your sense of, of what Cam thinks his future is whenever that day comes? 
So to me, the biggest issue with Cam is just, it, Queenie, it looks like sometimes he's holding on to the ball too long. And the passing game, when Mac is in there, looks more like a traditional Patriots passing attack. Mm. So to me, when it comes to Cam and his future, like I think he's got to look at this and say, man, this kid's coming and he's doing it the way they've traditionally done it. And so he's got to try to hold him off in, in the short term here for week one. Like it's that short-term mindset and cam was out here yesterday talking about um you know bill belichick hasn't told him definitively that he's the starter for week one this season so Mm -hmm. for cam's standpoint he's just trying to lock that part in before he can even think beyond that point yeah it it is it's it's difficult to watch we we played that soundbite of cam getting just somewhat exasperated with being asked that question over and over again and i get it i get it from his point i get why the reporters have to ask him the question but I also get it from his point. I mean, he doesn't know what his future is, and you know, his entire future might be kind of going right in front of his eyes. Uh, Mike, outstanding work right there from the practice field. You're so good. Thanks a million, my friend, and I will see you very soon. Sounds great, Greeny. Anytime. Uh, it's Mike Reese, our Patriots reporter for ESPN. Who's, he's one of the – we have so many terrific reporters, and he's just an excellent one. That, that quarterback situation really intrigues me because, you know, Cam – Dan Graziano brought it up on TV this morning. Cam is a guy who was a Heisman Trophy winner. He was as good in college as just about any quarterback you've ever seen. He was the number one pick in the draft. He was the MVP of the league. But there was always something in the style that he played and the way that they used him in Carolina that I remember, not to pat myself on the back, but saying over and over again, like this is not a recipe for long-term success. And here we are. He's 32 years old, and we may really be at the end. In a league where there were guys who were making $30, $35 million a year, at, at way older than that, right? You shave three, four, five years off a, a player of that magnitude's career today, you're costing them over $100 million. It's the reason why NBA players are load managing. The emphasis is on trying to prolong your window because they just get paid so much more money to do it. If you can't make more in a given year, then you need to add numbers of years. And he's not going to get that. I hate to say it, but I think he's not going to get it. If I had to bet on it right now, I would bet that Mac Jones is going to be the starting quarterback on that team soon. Whether it's week one or not, I don't know. But it'll be before the midway point of this year and then forever. And what do you think happens to Cam? Does Cam Newton ever start? Is he ever the starting quarterback for another team again in the NFL after that? I don't think that it will ever happen. I think he'll probably retire fairly young because of it. I, I agree with that, actually. Nuno, what do you think? Does Cam, is Cam ever anyone else's starting quarterback whenever this thing in New England comes to an end? No, and I think and Cam's going to have to realize, does he want to be a backup in this league or just – you know, call it a day. That, that, that's right. And I think you're both saying the same thing, that he may wind up retiring pretty young. I bet he don't, does not regret it at all, though. I bet the way he played early in his career, I, I bet if he were given the opportunity to do it again, he would have done it the exact same way because he, he went for great. He went for great, and he went to he did it the way that he knew he, he had to to maximize his talent. I get it. And he did. But there are tens of millions of reasons why mm-hmm. it didn't work out exactly right. Either way, if you're not getting the new Samsung Galaxy Z Fold 3 5G or the Z Flip 3 5G, you're doing it wrong. Pre-order now to get up to $200 in Samsung.com credit. It's valid through August 26th while supplies last at select retailers. See additional terms and conditions at Samsung.com. This has been a terrific day. I'm going to go back to my house and make sure there's not a horse Mm. in there because, you know, I'm told that's the new thing now. People steal horses and keep them in their homes. (laughs) We'll see you tomorrow. ESPN Radio. 
Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio and see it with the video on ESPN+. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN and also available wherever you get your podcast.